Welcome to Transition, Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we've got lots of gaming news for you and starting with lots of Nintendo stuff. Uh, this includes a Nintendo Direct which is going to take place shortly after this podcast is recorded. There's more news around the NES and SNES Mini and we are also going to be talking about something that's, you know, tangentially related to gaming about a game streamer being a complete racist. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is also on the agenda. And apart from that, we are going to be talking about some lack of Arkham games and Okami HD. And to do this, we have podcast regulars. That's Rishi Alwani, who's our games editor. Sop. And Mikhail Madnani, who's a friend of the podcast. Why are you wearing an Arsenal t-shirt? <coughs> I'm playing FIFA 18 demo. Okay, fine. But isn't Wenger out? Oh, yeah. In, in that demo, you can actually kick him out if you want. Yeah, but fun fact, uh, actually... So for those of you listening in, uh, yeah, FIFA 18 demo, the FIFA 18 demo is live, and no, Arsenal is not a part of the demo. Well, just oh saying, no putting that man. out there. Crestfallen. Yeah, but on to topics of greater interest. Hold on, I'm your host Pranay Parab. This guy <laughs> won't even let me introduce myself. Oh, I thought you were the game streamer, but yeah, we'll go with Pranay. Oh Parab. no, I wasn't. All right, so since we mentioned him, uh, yeah, PewDiePie is a complete and total racist. Yeah, there's yeah. no justification about what he said. He used the N word. And uh, that too while playing PUBG, right? Playing player unknowns battlegrounds. Yeah. Uh, that happened over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and while it and and fine on one on one side of it, there are the obvious moral and ethical implications. Of some people are arguing for him, saying it's free speech. Others are saying it's it's a it's a it's racist. And frankly, yeah, uh, I I I think it's what he said is condemnable. And someone with a following of over fifty million people should know better. But uh, I don't know. It's you know, just really see, sad. I totally disagree there. I mean, mm. you know, there's nothing to do with a following of 50 million people. Everyone should know better. Like, yeah. But don't be a racist. That's like a general rule of thumb in life. I know that. But at the end of the day, you have, uh, you, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like with great power comes great responsibility, right? Yeah. And uh, it, I, I don't know what's worse. The fact that he, that his apology, quote unquote apology was so casual or that there are people actually defending him after this, this stunt he pulled. And I don't know where he may or whether he actually is or not is another story in itself. But uh, I mean, he should just know better, man, because fine, you have, you have, it, it's stuff like this that ensures that YouTube, Twitch uh, and other, and, and other forms of streaming media and even uh, gaming uh, where, where people consume gaming content gets regulated it's it's because of this that streamers that that honest hard working content creators are losing ad revenue because of stupid moves like this he he i don't think he's aware of the implications of his actions and that's a massive problem in itself and frankly i don't even blame uh, camposanto developers of firewatch for issuing a dmca because uh, at the end of the day no one wants to be associated with this brand of uh, for the lack of a better term filth so yeah, that's our take on PUB on sorry on PewDiePie. Yeah, and it's uh, not like this is the first time he's done it, right? He remember that episode where he asked a, a couple of Indian people on uh, that website Fiverr to yeah. hold up boards saying "kill all Jews" and all. Yeah, uh, and those people they didn't even speak English properly; they didn't know what the word "Jew" means. Exactly, and he thought it was funny. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? Uh, I mean, he's gotten away with it too for for too long, and it's I'm glad to see that some developers are waking up to it. And frankly, uh, the less of this we have, the better, because the last thing anyone wants is more regulation. But the way I see it, it's going to be inevitable. Yeah. I mean, the advertisers already have the option of not showing the ads on gaming content, which happened after this, I believe. Yes. People, at least on YouTube, discovered that you can 
check what, what type of content you want your ads to show up and there's a separate thing now for gaming which you can yep. disable yep so yeah so yeah. and what's even more amusing is that he monetized his apology like <laughs> really now i mean is that how low you can go well anyway uh long story short uh, if you're following him we, if you if you think pewdiepie is great kind of judging you right now and yeah let's just leave it at that yeah. uh so on to more better rosier awesomer topics uh nintendo's having a nintendo direct which, which is, is going to be a very long one at like yeah. 45 minutes in europe and usa and 50 minutes in japan yeah, yeah again, normally it's 21 22 minutes right yeah so for those of you who are unaware nintendo direct is basically nintendo's way of letting us know what's cool what's new what's happening on their consoles and services yeah they put uh, out a recorded video showing yeah. games that are coming up and what features to expect yeah. and all that so the last one we had was for splatoon 2 uh which was basically a refresher course on what to expect from the game uh this time around uh there are a lot of rumors swirling uh, there are a lot of rumors swirling a particular post or two on 4chan yes 4chan of all places where sometimes the information tends to be right claims that we're probably going to see fallout 4 coming to the switch todd howard mike are you so okay they finally allowing shovelware onto the switch now now ha- were you alive during the skyrim on switch announcement <laughs> since we're talking about that so yeah rumor is it rumor has it that fallout 4 with all its downloadable content is going to be available on the switch uh it's going to be called fallout 4 nintendo switch edition apparently uh in addition to this we're probably going to get a date for skyrim on the switch which is supposedly going to be november 16 uh we're also going to get a date for and this is something a lot of us are going to be interested in uh the legend of zelda expansion which is known as the champions ballad apparently that's coming out on november 10 uh so before you go ahead uh, mm. can you tell me if people who bought the season pass for zelda uh, the expansion pass mm. uh, do they get this yes. one yes they do ah, awesome. they do yeah. so the expansion pass had the master trials which was a 44 room or 44 level dungeon where after every 15 levels you got a boost to the master sword's power in the main game uh and it also had a lot of items which a lot of people argue should have been free updates like travel anywhere medallion or the map mode which shows you what you've cro- like what you've seen and what you haven't seen it just shows you what you've covered uh and now it's going to get this champions ballad which apparently has another dungeon and it has like back story for all the the champions in yeah. breath of the wild without going to spoilers yeah so, so long story short it seems to be really cool and ideally Uh if you're new to Zelda you'd want to play this after you complete the main game that's yeah, why Yeah and Breath of the Wild is like something you can play without playing any yeah, other Zelda exactly. game so Exactly So and it, one more thing we may as well say this that we're now nearing October uh October is Super Mario Odyssey month yes. if you want to switch you might want to get it now because there's a chance it might not be available from next month because there're going to be shortages across the world holiday season usually has more people buying consoles and people gifting consoles yeah. and given Mario the main flagship mario title is releasing end of october i'd say if you're thinking of getting one get it now otherwise you might need to wait till jan yeah i was pretty annoyed when i saw that statement from that uh, reggie phil same right or that yeah i don't know how to pronounce his name yeah, reggie Nintendo body ready yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> indeed of america's president right yeah. yeah so i was pretty annoyed when i saw that he said it that you, you can expect shortages in switch supply 
I mean, come on, man. The That's Switch, normal. Yeah. I mean, same thing happened with the PS4 Pro. It'll probably happen with the Xbox One X. When, yeah, but uh, my question Rishi is... Rishi buys one of the uh, 10 copies being sold. <laughs> hey, when man, has, like three, one for each of us, okay? So when Xbox has the Switch 3X. not been in short supply? Like, uh, apart from India, where it's, you know, like available via unofficial channels no. and all. Uh, so here's the thing, right? It's not just India. Apparently, a lot of Europe, mm-hmm. according at least to tweets from Games Industries, Chris Dring, uh, it's available quite re- readily in Europe. The sales aren't that high as compared to the PS4. They're higher than the Xbox One, but uh, <laughs> definitely not higher than the PS4. So yeah, and honestly, that's where a lot of stock from India comes from. For mm. India comes from. It's yeah. European markets and Australia as well. So um, I don't. Th- I, while I do agree there will be a shortage, what's also telling is that coming back to Nintendo Direct, expect a lot more information on Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, they said there's going to be exclusive new details revealed for it. Uh, I'm going to laugh, like, I'm going to be asleep during it, but I'll probably laugh in my sleep if they announce a season pass for it. Because, like, uh, just seeing Breath of the Wild get an expansion pass announcement before the game released, and then having Mario Rabbids, I mean, that's a Ubisoft thing, they need to do this. But, uh, like, just if they do a season pass or they announce an expansion for Mario Odyssey, it's going to be hilarious. Like, yeah. I'm going to buy it, but still, like, yeah. Yeah, it, it lo- looks like Nintendo is finally growing up and entering the AAA game space, uh, as it were, back in 2010, where season passes were a thing. But what's also of, of note is that according to, uh, to the leak on 4chan, we're probably going to see uh, a, a, a trailer for Mario plus Rabbit Kingdom Battles uh, new new uh, new expansion, which has a story uh, element to it as well. So that's, we're going to see that. And there are probably going to be co- uh, new co-op challenges, uh, which are going to be out uh, in November. So that's one other thing to look forward to. Uh, that aside, what was interesting is that Fire Emblem Warriors, which is basically uh, Tecmo Koi's take on the Fire Emblem universe with, you know, crazy bad, mad mad combat, just like what we saw with uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 2. Yeah, so, uh, and Hyrule Warriors. And Hyrule Warriors. And what they, what they usually do with these, uh, the spin-off Warriors games is uh, they try and uh, have at least an equal part of core gameplay from the franchises they do like uh, mergers with Mm. and they'll have warriors so with Hyrule Warriors there were a lot of Zelda staples in it and it played really well Dragon Quest Heroes 2 like both Prana and I played a lot of it and it actually plays both like a JRPG and like a Warriors game and it's really well done so uh, Fire Emblem has been picking up speed as a franchise since Fire Emblem Awakening and Mm. this game is coming out also on the 3DS the new 3DS not the old one and Switch so going to be interesting because over the last two weeks they've revealed a lot about uh, the specific features to this game and but what the leak did bring about is that we will possibly see an expand uh, a season pass that's expected I mean uh, Tecmo Koi is I'd say the worst in the whole world as a publisher with uh, season passes uh, Dead or Alive 5 last round had like 7 season passes and they all cost like $70 or something oh my each God. and the season passes are costumes yeah. what? yes so if you look at Steam and look at Dead and Steam seems Dead or Alive 5 last round is one of the worst PC ports ever and I think the DLC is more than 10,000 rupees if you want to buy it in India this is with localized pricing wow so yeah like that's not surprising at all. Hyrule Warriors had two expansions, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to do some nonsense with this. I mean, even the, the the latest Warriors game, which came to Steam and PS4, Warriors All-Stars, which features... Uh, Smash Mouth? Te- yeah, Smash Mouth, I'm sure. Hey, so, now you're an All-Star. Get your game so on. It, uh, it has characters from all of Tecmo Goi's franchises, including William of Neo, who's on PC. So people are like, yes, we have this now. Neo's coming. So... 
that has a 70 or 80 dollar expansion pass which is just costumes and the game costs 60 dollars so yeah there's gonna be a ton of this i expect at least two or three season passes depending on how well the game does and uh, it'll do i'm it might have done better if Nintendo didn't send it out to die one week before Mario Odyssey. Yeah, but and just uh, after Pokémon, if I'm not mistaken. Pokémon is in a few weeks, so that's yeah. like 20 days after that. That's fine, but one week before Mario Odyssey, uh, only I'm going to end up buying it. So Yeah, dude, for Thaksha. Yeah, but then uh, the thing you mentioned about Fire Emblem picking up pace of the franchise, that was quite interesting because uh, Fire Emblem Heroes also released on smartphones. And I mean, even though it's not available in many places, I read that interview in uh, Touch Arcade uh, with those two people who made the Fire Emblem Heroes game. I forgot. There was someone from uh, Nintendo NCL and there was someone from uh, Intelligent Systems where they spoke about Advance Wars probably or hopefully if if fans requested enough or something. Hmm. Yeah. So they kept saying that like they were actually very surprised by the, the response to Fire Emblem Heroes. And I mean, you know, while they didn't say it outright, it was very clear from their conversation that it was a bigger success than Super Mario Run. And they were really, really surprised by it. Actually, though it isn't entirely new because this is something I think uh, the Asian Nikkei uh, talked about uh, in an interview with uh, Nintendo and even they heard it from sources in the company. This was around, I think, a month, one and a half after uh, both Fire after Fire Emblem Heroes was out, where, yeah, the revenue was a lot higher than what uh, they did with Super Mario Run. Uh, in fact, Super Mario Run didn't meet expectations, but Fire Emblem Heroes exceeded expectations. Yep. And again, it's uh, inter- oh, while some of you might think that, you know, oh, wow, does it mean Fire Emblem's a bigger franchise? No, it's not the case. Uh, it has to do with the way Fire Emblem monetizes. Because fewer people download Fire Emblem Heroes, but they're spending more money on it. And a lot of the um, and two major markets for the game is Japan and US. So and while Super Mario Run uh, was downloaded by almost everyone, but obviously the way you, uh, Nintendo makes money on Super Mario Run is that you pay to unlock the entire game. Now not everyone's going to be fine paying ten dollars or a local equivalency, right? But they wouldn't mind paying I don't know ninety nine cents on a microtransaction or local or again local pricing. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, and at the end of the day, the way I see it. Super Mario Run is perhaps the best advertisement for Mario Odyssey. Yeah. And I won't be surprised if Nintendo adds some, I don't know, some new custom features to Super Mario Run when uh, to celebrate the release of Super Mario Odyssey. Or at least maybe, if not that, maybe something on Mitomo at least. So, who knows? Yeah, um, let's see how it goes. Alright, uh, moving on to other things Nintendo. Um, something about these retro consoles that no one cares about, right? Oh, so you mean Android? <laughs> <laughs> hey, jokes aside, uh, yeah. Uh, so, Nintendo has said that There will be no shortages for the NES Classic. Yes, the NES Classic, which is apparently going back into production. And will be released in summer 2018. And in addition to that, the the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic, or SNES Classic as we like to call it, is going to be available well into 2018. Uh, Now, this is important because uh, Nintendo got a lot of flack, and rightly so, for its handling of the NES Classic when it released last year. Reason being, uh, it was very tough to find. A lot of stores in the US only got like one or two units at launch and never got anything after that. And a lot of irate fans, uh, well, you know, decided to take their ire to the internet and it looks like it's had an effect. So yeah, expect to see the NES Classic back in stores and expect to be able to buy the SNES Classic all the way up the next year, which is heartening to hear because uh, frankly, from the two, if you had to choose, you rather buy the SNES Classic. But that's just me because, you know, Star Fox too. So, 
that's the situation and but or if you're even uh, more prudent with your funds uh, you could probably build a raspberry pi and our uh, gracious host pranay has a lovely video on, on that on raspberry pi and their alternatives which are which you can check out on youtube dot com slash c slash gadgets three sixty. You can check it out without the c as well. YouTube dot com slash gadgets three sixty just that works too, just maybe. fine. Yeah. So yeah, do check that out. But yeah, so that's the thing. So for those of you interested in retro consoles, congratulations. Yeah. All right. So um, going a bit uh, rogue here. This is something that uh, we sh- have been meaning to discuss for a while, but never really got around to it. Which is that uh, if you've been living under a rock, you may have missed the news. But iOS eleven is releasing in oh, about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, six days from the time of recording. Yes. September 19th is when it's coming out. And that means a whole bunch of 32-bit apps and games will be dead. Now, we've seen the numbers. And, uh, I mean, from Sensor Tar, which is like a fairly reputable source of yes. uh, data on the App Store, uh, they say that uh, revenue that comes in from these 32-bit apps is less than 1%. And of that, I think one or two games are the ones that are making the most amount of money. Uh, so... Yeah, so on, on that note, I mean, uh, like a whole bunch of apps and games are going to die, e- even though like they're not making that much money. This is still like, I would say a bad thing because, you know, eight developers have long abandoned some games, which you might want to play occasionally. And, you know, games you've paid for, which won't work anymore. You so, mean like Bioshock? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let, let's not go to 2K, man. The, they are so annoying. Like Their policy on this is, is just ridiculous. More like 2K went Y2K on them. Yeah. No, but jokes aside, uh, Pranay brings up a very valid point that, uh, yeah, monetization on, on uh, 32-bit apps hasn't been that hot either. But what's interesting, and this is something that should be up on our site, hopefully end of the week, was uh, I, 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 had a, I, I managed to interview the developers behind Starchef, which is, uh, well, let's say, for a lack of a better term, India's version of Farmville. Uh, made by a team sitting in uh, in my in Odupi. and uh, what they what they told me was rather intriguing, and I noticed this on their uh, App Store page, where they mentioned uh, that they will be releasing a separate update for those on iOS 10 and below. Mm. And so I brought it up with them. I asked them, oh, "What's that about? You know, apocalypse and all that." So they're like, uh, "For us, 15% of their audience is still on a 4s mm. and uh, below." Five, four, S, and below. So for them, uh, they're trying to work out some means of backwards compatibility for that audience, because it's a game that mainly uh, women and children play. Yeah. And uh, you know they're not exactly going to be, be the ones to line up day one for the iPhone X. Uh, sorry, iPhone ten. Mm. So uh, that seems to be something they're trying to work out with Apple. How they manage to do it remains to be seen. But uh, if there's anyone who could pull it off, it would be them, simply because they've been developing the for uh, for iOS and uh, Mac OS since the inception of iOS. So if there's anyone who can probably make it happen is them. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out for a lot of developers who might be in a similar situation, whether you know they have to support uh, devices that Apple may not support. So yeah, how they, how they work it out would be fun to see. But on the topic of iOS and Apple, since we're on it, so Prane, uh, did you check out Sky? Yeah, I did. It looked, uh, I mean, surprisingly like Journey to me. And uh, like, I mean, in in a lot of ways, like it's it's a good thing that um, Apple managed to get that game company as an uh, at least a timed exclusive partner. See, I mean, the best thing about this Apple event last night was that there was uh, no real like constant bombardment of one phrase, which is exclusive, exclusive, world exclusive, world. But exclusive. this is <laughs> Apple, Microsoft, not Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but then, uh, Mike, what's your take on on uh, on Sky? You, I mean, considering that you're a fan of most games that so, uh, that game company, uh, I love Journey and I like Flower and Flow also. 
I bought them on every single thing and gifted them also. But uh, <clears throat> it did look a lot like Journey with a different art style. But I'll say one thing though, like right from that trailer, I know it's going to be better than Abzu, which was like, uh, I think Abzu was just made for this, for platforms where Journey doesn't exist and people could say, oh, we have something similar because Abzu was literally take Journey, remove all the soul, make Austin Wintry do a boring soundtrack, which is quite the task and you have Abzu. So... That'll be good. I'm I'm really happy it's coming on iPhone and iPad. I thought it would be an Apple TV exclusive how they were showing it. Exactly. And it it also is going to be multi-platform later on. I don't know how it's going to handle the uh, the shared world thing because Journey has this shared world experience when you're playing it and uh, you get to communicate with someone else who's also playing with you but not through voice chat or through direct conversation. It's just through sounds and like you have to understand each other and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting seeing that uh, when it shows up <coughs> I hope it runs decently on uh, like older iPads. Now my iPad Air 2 has become quote-unquote old. So uh, definitely interested in checking it out. Uh, I wonder who's done the soundtrack and uh, yeah, I want to see what platforms it comes to. If it comes to Switch, we'll pick it up there for sure. Probably not going to... I don't think I'm going to... Like since it's coming on iPad and iPhone, I'm not going to buy it on PS4. So it's Xbox. obviously going to be a premium game, right? This one, Sky. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it. It, it definitely does. looks like it. And... Honestly, I it's not a game I foresee coming on the Switch simply because of the online component. And let's be honest, Nintendo still needs to fix it, fix that part of it. I'd say like uh, having used the Switch more and more with online games and trying out third-party stuff like Minecraft also, the problem lies in Splatoon 2's netcode 99%. Uh-huh. Like the Switch has a very terrible Wi-Fi chip in general like the original PS4, but Splatoon 2's netcode is probably some of the worst I've ever encountered in like the last five years of online gaming so yeah I, I kind of agree with that because After like you look at up. you look at Street Fighter 5 you look at all these games even like the smaller games like Guilty Gear and all their netcode works perfectly I can play against people in Japan or the US but this game just throws people out almost every game so I'm pretty sure this is a Splatoon 2 I mean the tick rate is so low it's about one third of what Overwatch had when it launched initially so one for those of us who don't know what is the tick rate uh how much data is being transferred depending on what you're doing. So the lower the tick rate uh, is what will result in situations where you get shot even if you're behind the wall because the server thinks you're actually not behind the wall, but you are. So a lot of people who play Splatoon will realize that when you're one-on-one and you're shooting each other, one person dies a second after the other person instead of dying at the same time. That's lag because of the server tick rate. Interesting. So So a lot of... uh, Comparative multiplayer games have very high tick rates. Overwatch, in fact, even has a high bandwidth mode in the options, which lets you enable this if you're having issues with this. So, yeah, Splatoon 2, uh, their explanation, or at least what people are conspiring is, uh, the tick rate is low because like it's a portable system and it needs to work over hotspot and because hotspots usually have very bad ping. So, but yeah, like you're, you're essentially holding it back from being a proper competitive game this way. Interesting. So yeah, that's, I'd say a lot of the problem, like I've put in close to 150 hours in that thing already, but it's not worth it with the horrible net code. You sound like one of those Dota 2 players who leaves a review on Steam after playing 150 hours, not recommended. <laughs> this isn't a bad game. This isn't a bad game. Yeah. But you just said Splatoon 2's netcode is bad. Yeah, netcode doesn't make the game. It doesn't? No. But, okay, never mind. I think uh, we should it. move on to other topics. Congratulations, you broke yeah. logic. Alright, so speaking of bad games, uh, there's something about PUBG, Fortnite is... So yeah, okay, before before Fortnite, uh, 
PUBG crossed a million concurrent players on Steam and it's nearly at the it's nearly going to overtake Dota 2's peak which was 1.29 million concurrent players i think that was during one of their internationals or some nonsense yeah, they yeah. do so yeah. so their yeah, next aim is to now reach like league of legends level of concurrence right yeah. maybe yeah but honestly this is worrying to me because uh, at the end of the day it means that triple a devs are going to end up are uh, trying to adopt the play, uh, uh, player unknown's battleground formula which is a battle a massive sweeping map 100 plus players and microtransactions yeah. but having pay said, to open loot boxes yeah pay to open loot boxes i mean really now i are we so creatively and monetarily bankrupt that we have to copy the gambling industry but that's another rant for another time having said that fortnite which is made by the guys who made the original gears of war trilogy epic games uh, is surprisingly fun it's a survival shooter uh, which allow, which lets you construct some really cool stuff and play with friends and that's getting a battle royale mode it's called fortnite battle royale and it's going to be available uh, end of september it's available to test on their public test uh, realm right now so that's going to be interesting to see how that works out because that marks the first uh first instance uh we know of of a developer trying to mimic the pubg formula now what's interesting is th- is that while uh fortnite's dna might be uh you know triple a third person shooter um its microtransactions are very much mobile inspired and very much social game inspired uh in fact opening up uh their version of loot box which are basically piñatas is an event in itself so i it'll be fun to see how all of this comes together and uh looking forward to it because fortnite seem is to me at least is a more welcoming game than pubg it's it seems to be more fun more cartoony it's got a nice plants versus zombies vibe going for it so yeah looking forward to see how that pans out I think we're going to see uh, Ubisoft is probably going to be the first of the lot to do something division maybe in division possibly. Yeah, it's it's yeah. possible. Uh, we already saw Rockstar respond with their in GTA Online with a 24 player battle royal yeah. where you play in groups of 3 as far as I know, but 24 players is not the same as 100. Fortnite is going straight and doing yeah. 100. So, uh yeah, like we may see something like this in Red Dead Redemption 2. They have enough time to do it and they keep pushing their online yeah. and they need people to start coming in and paying. So, uh let's see, but like it's hilarious with PUBG that they have like what some more than 3 different types of uh, loot boxes and things you can buy in game and it's still in early access. So, yeah. So essentially you're paying for their development by buying the game. Yeah. And you're paying them more with microtransactions. Yeah, exactly. And uh It's going to be on Xbox in the next 2 months I'd say Xbox 1 so yeah we'll figure out how that works uh Microsoft is going to be handling publishing and they are helping out with it in fact they've uh, they've helped Bluehole with the Sea of Thieves water technology for whatever that's worth I wouldn't be surprised if we see some monetization inspiration from the Rex system in Halo 5 probably make its way in some form or maybe tweak how monetization works in PUBG that is a possibility let's see But yeah like PUBG is going to be a thing on Xbox one very soon uh, no word on pricing no word on availability if there's a physical release no word on it coming to India yet because uh, Dead Rising 4 which was published by Microsoft didn't show up here at retail yeah so yeah let's see how it pans out yeah anyway the most exciting Microsoft news uh, um, I mean upcoming Microsoft news is Age of Empires definitive edition is coming on October 19th moving on uh, there are <laughs> <laughs> well played well played <laughs> i think we want to talk about uh, some arkham games or lack thereof right oh yes so kevin conroy who's the voice of batman in the arkham games 
which includes basically Arkham Knight, Arkham Origins, uh, Arkham Asylum, and Arkham City, has said, uh, at least at a, at a convention, that uh, to his knowledge, there are no plans of making any more Arkham games, which sounds about right, because uh, the studio behind it, Rocksteady, has said unequivocally that they're tired of making Arkham games. So that's probably not on the horizon. What has been rumored, though, is a Batman game starring Damien Wayne, who's known as Batman's son. So it might be a future version of the game, might take place in Silver Age, that's yet to be known. However, what I would like to see as a fan of the of Batman video games is uh, someone from Rocksteady should take a look at the pitch which THQ made for a Batman game called Gotham by Gaslight, which is basically a steampunk version of Batman, which I think would be epic. An open world steampunk game with Batman would kill and it'd be awesome to play, and hopefully there'd be no Joker, because let's be honest, Joker is done to death. So that would be fun. All right then, um, Okami HD. Yeah. For those of you who are unaware, uh, Mike, take it away. Okami is this. Best piece of news this week, guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Hideki Kamiya is involved. A.K.A. God himself, the man who is incapable of making a bad game. But the man who's probably blocked a lot of our listeners yeah, on Twitter. But, yeah. So, uh, Okami was this passion project as far as I know. It released originally on the PS2. Yes. And, and from GameCube. Capcom. Yeah, PS2, not and GameCube. It, eventually, it eventually made its way to the Wii where it had this uh, like well-known IGN logo on the box art which annoyed a lot of people. But uh, Okami... Actually, it wasn't a, a logo. It was more to do where... Capcom being Capcom and Capcom being notorious for box art errors, uh, left uh, the IGN watermark from the PS2 release on the cover art for the Wii version. Okay. And that version of the game now goes for a lot of money. And Okami eventually was stuck on the PS2 and the Wii while a lot of uh, people emulated it to play it. It even got a sequel, quote-unquote, in the form of Okami Den on the DS, right? Yes. So... Uh, Okami is a game which a lot of people have wanted on current platforms. Capcom responded. They released Okami HD for PS3, which had a physical release in Asia and Japan, and it was digital outside it. And uh, this is one of the PS3, rare PS3 releases, probably the only one which was downsampled from 4K on PS3. Yeah. So uh, it ran really well. A lot of people liked it. I still hadn't played it. Uh, and now after being leaked by some retailers and then getting rated on the Korean ratings board for PS4, Xbox and PC... Okami HD is a real thing for current platforms, not Switch. And uh, it will be released physically and digitally on all three platforms, including PC. And the price is also really low, as with some of Capcom's more recent remasters like Resident Evil 4, 5, 6, Revelations. They're $20 each. This is going to be $20 as well. If it makes its way over here, we don't have confirmation on whether uh, Capcom's Indian distributor E-Express Interactive would be bringing... Uh, Okami HD. They are bringing Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, which is a $30 game for $1799. If Okami HD does make its way here, it'll be $1499 and uh, I will be buying it on all three platforms if it does. Yeah, and for those of you who are probably who probably didn't Google Okami while you're talking about it, it's essentially uh, what happens when you take a traditional Legend of Zelda game, but instead of Zelda you uh, or Link for that matter, you have a wolf dog god thing called Amitarasu. So is it Wolf Link? Am I right? Well played. <laughs> so th- Oh, so that's how Miyamoto came up with Twilight Princess. Yeah. It makes sense. He ripped off Kamiya. Hey, jokes aside, yeah. So And uh, you basically travel to various areas. You have a celestial paintbrush that lets you unlock new stuff, do some cool stuff. 
and it's uh, surprisingly fun to play. It still holds up to this very day, and something you should definitely check up, check out on if you're you know fine with expanding your gaming horizons. Uh, they also mentioned that uh, the game will be playable in both the original four is to three aspect ratio and a new widescreen mode. Uh, there will also be interactive loading scenes, which apparently were a big deal for the game. But uh, they've also confirmed that uh, if you have a PS4 Pro, Xbox One X or capable PC, you can play it in 4K. Now, what they don't say is uh, the frame rate. As far as I know, it's been 30 FPS on all the previous versions. Yeah, I'll probably be stuck at 30. Because of game logic tied to... It's, it's kind of like how FF10 HD and FF12 HD given PS2 games, everything animations were tied to uh, the frame frames. rate. Yeah. So if you if you increase the frame rate, everything will move faster, kind of like what happened with Dark Souls 1 on PC when it released initially. So the fact that they haven't mentioned that in the press release, like even a single mention of frame rate leads me to believe that it's going to be 30 FPS. So uh, I don't foresee them having a good time on Steam and reviews because uh, they're just going to like look at 30 FPS and start review bombing it. Or yeah, whatever. But, so, yeah, but that aside, I mean, it's something worth checking out. And it's it's yes. apparently the art is really beautiful. I know a lot of people who bought the art books even without playing the game. So I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. If it doesn't show up here... Uh, Rishi and I will get it for ourselves through other means. Yeah, so, so it's definitely worth it for the art style. It's pure. It's got a nice watercolor aesthetic. Box art also looks... Uh, it's a little busy, but uh, it's really good. Like Capcom could have screwed it up given Capcom, but they didn't. So that's good. Who knows? You might see typos. Uh, Okami. Okami. There we go. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so basically, uh, pretty Wait big announcement finally. Dargan Quest 8 on the iPhone was yeah, also Capcom. Yeah, that was Square right? Enix. Yeah. Oh, Square yeah. Enix, yeah, yeah sorry. And uh, Capcom actually uh, screwed <laughs> up the bo- the name for Resident Evil Revelations on the 3DS. It was Revelations. <laughs> yeah, and that was like the first <laughs> yeah. print of that had that. And uh, yeah, so basically. So uh, let's hope Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which is Capcom's next release, is typo-free. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. So yeah, speaking of um, upcoming games and the games that we've been playing, which is also Mike's favorite part of the podcast. Mike, do you want to talk about Utavare Rumono, the Mask of Truth? Which is yeah. a sequel so basically, to the Mask of Deception. So wait, so now we're officially to on uh, Mike's weird game corner section. Yeah. All Man, right. there's been a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Oh, so, no. <laughs> uh, so Utavare Rumono, Mask of Truth. Okay, can't go into any story details because it'll spoil the first game. Basically, if you're a fan of visual novels, uh, get it. Absolutely get it. It's one of the best looking and one of the best stories in a visual novel. Uh, the sequel has more SRPG battles, which will please Rishi for sure because he yes. had a problem with that in Mask of Deception. Yeah, uh, they've more also strategy. there are there are no pacing issues with the story as well because it picks up right after the previous game, and like it just remains quality like very good quality throughout. It's super long though, like I think eighty three hours in the end or something like insane, prob- nearly double the length of Steins Gate. But uh, yeah, like if you like visual novels. Definitely get this. So, been playing that. Uh, playing more Mario and Rabbids, replaying some of the challenges. Uh, the, like, the not the final boss, but the boss of the second last area is, like, one of the best things ever in anything involving Mario, I'd say. So, really, really good boss fight. Have you played Mario in the Thousand Year Door? Yes. Okay, fine. Just need to check that. No, you? like, this boss is legit, like, probably one of Ubisoft... Like, I'd, I'd forgive Ubisoft for forgetting about the UB art engine for new games because of this boss fight. It's that good. Nice. So, uh, been playing that. Uh, started playing Danganronpa V3, uh, Killing Harmony. And uh, on PS4, unfortunately, not Vita. 
so far so good some visual issues but like the developers doesn't have it doesn't have it in them to do hd games still it looks like after how many ever years uh, other than that what else have i been playing I started playing lego worlds on switch which is like lego minecraft which is like lego lego or whatever so yeah playing lego that. yeah at And this point i really have to ask do you eat sleep or i drink coffee okay once so, mike sees it he shits bricks so uh <laughs> Played that and also been playing a lot of Cook Serve Delicious Two on Steam. It's releasing on. Uh, mm. It's releasing today night, I think, depending on this podcast. And uh, really good sequel to the first one. The first one's on iOS, Android, and PC. And the sequel is basically. Uh, it's like what a game sequel should be: bigger and better, and every way runs better, looks better. So yeah, it's like a restaurant management game basically. So why yeah. would you play a game about cooking when you can go to the kitchen and cook? <laughs> So why would you play Call of Duty when you already have guns and you can go and shoot people? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell is that? Last mean? I checked, this was in Delhi, but okay. <laughs> so well so yeah, been like lots of stuff and uh, st- still lots to play. September is hell, basically. Yeah. So yeah, lots of cool October? games coming. Yeah, yeah, October, yeah. October, yeah. I I don't like October as of now is like not even close to how packed September is like. There's no Peach Beach Splash. Also, you might want to Google that. Uh, so yeah, I've been <laughs> with safe that. search on. <laughs> What about you, Pranay? Uh, so I've been playing just one game, which is uh, Darkest Dungeon on the iPad. Really, really enjoying it. The game is super hardcore as far as RPGs go. And like, I think I um, initially, uh, yeah, there was this one thing happened which has not been corroborated yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mike touched my iPad and my save file got deleted. for the darkest and uh, dungeon thing the original one the one which i used for the review so i started all over again and this time i made the like really wise decision of starting it on max difficulty i think by the 6th week uh, maybe about like seven of my characters were dead and in the max difficulty what happens is if uh, i think if 13 characters die then your game is over so you just have to like start again so then uh, like i figured that okay seven are dead already so no point continuing this then i started again on easy difficulty which is also quite hard and now i'm at like two deaths and about like 10 weeks in and um, i made the mistake of like attacking the second boss with like the same party that i was using for exploration and got badly hammered in that but yeah overall enjoying the voice over and enjoying the combat enjoying everything except that uh, during combat the, the voice over which is really really good um keeps repeating so if you like keep going and fighting multiple enemies or exploring multiple dungeons uh, si- similar actions like you know increasing the torch level to above 75 uh, will result in the same uh, voice over or same commentary being repeated so that's getting annoying but uh, yeah other than that runs flawlessly on the ipad pro 10.5 aha surprise surprise right um and it runs fine on the ipad air 2 also yeah. but like dude for $5 it just feels like we've stolen from them it's just yeah, 400 good value yeah so the thing is like uh, remember when i was speaking about steam world heist on this podcast yeah. like every episode i used to say the same thing like i paid 400 bucks for this game i wish i'd paid 800 or maybe even 1200 um so yeah it, 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 this game is also that good like um pretty awesome yeah mike i wanted to check with you um steam world dig right is the steam world dig 2 is the Nick new 2, release yeah. which is coming out uh, in the final week of september on switch first then a few days later on ps4 and ps vita and steam yeah it's the action game like rogue like so i don't foresee it coming to ios anytime soon hmm. steam world heist 2 will definitely come because turn based and it works yeah. really well on the touch screen 
but yeah steamworld dig if you have the means it's it's on literally everything except mobile plays really well or uh, dig 2 is coming out for 20 dollars so will be really good fun yeah very good investment i guess and yeah just one more minor announcement to make i am going to get a new gaming console and it's the pc yeah pc is personal computer not personal console just just making that premium console bro that too yeah. okay so yeah. you're going to play pubg and start talking about it every week now yeah uh, believe dude no more Gotta like gift him the game dude has to happen anyway so i'll tell a small story before uh, you talk about your games rishi which mm-hmm. is uh, over the weekend like what i did was i suddenly had this temptation to play age of empires 2 once again so i have the hd version on steam and i just wanted to play the genghis khan campaign because it was really really good like if there's one campaign in age of empires the whole of it which is which kind of signal um, like shows how good that game was back in the day uh, it's the genghis khan campaign so i tried to fire it up and uh, because uh, earlier this year when i played it i played it on windows 7 then i got the free upgrade to windows 10 and because of that my pc went into a boot loop so then i cleared everything tried to play it again uh, tried to change graphics settings age of empires crash so it's clearly not working and that is the sole reason why i'm going to upgrade my pc and hopefully play that one of course um the age of empires definitive edition is coming on october 19 so really looking forward to that as well interesting so yeah for if you have any comments on how prane should get in what prane should get in terms of pc components do let us know Yeah, I'm getting the Nvidia GeForce three thousand four hundred and seventy-two point one graphics driver, so that all games run perfectly, and then something breaks, and then I have to update it again. You do know that you need a GPU for the graphics driver. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So this is going to be a fun month. Okay. Be, be prepared to hear Pranay's chronicles on how on his PC upgrade adventures in episodes to come. But yeah, in my case, I have been playing a lot of Destiny two and Destiny two alone, and. Uh, Yeah, um I really bad game. I'm just disappointed and it just it's just disappointing man. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. I saw Rishi playing it for 1 hour and I got bored. So, so I mean yeah. the the level design is uninspired. It just throws you into areas which uh, into closed areas which has hordes of enemies spawn at your location. There is a, the the feeling of traversal and movement isn't that hard either. But and it's really tragic because the music is really great. The production values are insanely good. The voice acting is fantastic. uh visually it's one of the most stunning games i've seen this year but yeah everything else is just such a disappointment but hopefully given the nature of the game we might see changes when the game gets its updates when it gets its expansions but as it stands yeah pretty disappointed man so just been playing that in fact we have a lot of destiny 2 coverage on the site we got uh the review we got impressions on how it plays across ps4 xbox 1 ps4 pro and uh, we even uh, have our uh, pop culture editor akhil check it out on pc as well and that seems to be the version to get because you get full 60 fps uh so yeah you might want to check those out if you're interested in uh, what's from the makers of halo so yeah that's what i've been playing all right then that's all for this episode of transition and we will see you with another episode next week as always if you got any questions comments or feedback you can write to us at podcast@gadgets360.com and if you like this podcast please do rate us on iTunes it really helps us a lot hit that like button and subscribe it really helps <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you can do that on facebook uh, twitter youtube and instagram at @gadgets360 and the music for this episode comes by Magnus Solai Paulson whose album ppp ppp is where the tracks are from thank you so much once again for listening